I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Igal Rotem, Chief Executive Officer of Finaro. And we have to start with the large elephant in the room first, Igal. You're in the throes of being acquired now by Shift4 for $575 million. Tell us a little bit about the background to their acquisition of you and what it's going to mean for Finaro in the future. The announcement was made uh, March 1st. Shift 4 is traded under the symbol 4 on the uh, New York Stock Exchange. It's a very well-established, almost 25 years old payment company that is very, very US-centric and very much is uh, providing payments to physical businesses, restaurants, uh, hospitalities, hotels, fast food chains, and so forth and so on. The acquisition of Finaro, that is a global uh, e-commerce company, mostly cross-border e-commerce, is very, very complementary. We have almost zero overlap between the two, uh, the two organizations. And together, uh, Sheet4 and Finaro can truly establish a global payment company that is uh, geographically covering most of the relevant commerce uh, worldwide, but also is covering uh, uh, most of the uh, relevant verticals, i.e. payments in physical uh, locations and payments over the e-commerce verticals and, of course, the cross-border. And this is uh, why the uh, the combination of the two organizations is so powerful. Well, let's rewind slightly from that because the first thing I was originally going to ask you when we were setting this interview up before the takeover was announced is why you changed your name, because Finaro was Cadillac. (laughs) So walk me back through that one. Yes. So uh, Cadillac is a name that exists for almost 13 years. We felt that given the stage where we are, given the fact that that the company have uh, uh, launched completely new type of services, more of a payment gateways and channels to uh, uh, different alternative payment methods and many, many other services, we felt that this is the right time for us to do a rebranding, a global rebranding. And the global rebranding really uh, enabled us to almost start start from from scratch and really establish a new name in the industry that uh, we feel very, uh, is very modern. You know, Finaro stands for finesse, fintech, finance, and this uh, goes quite a long way. Okay, so we've got the new name. You're part of a larger organization, which will help you have an even greater global reach. Why were you planting trees? (laughs) The short answer is that Finaro wants to become truly a global entity. And in order to do that, you need to very much expand the horizon of uh, different products that you want to do, different activities that you want to foster. And this is part of the the rebranding that we did actually started a year ago. And we were not planning to be acquired, by the way. We were planning to continue and grow the company uh, organically and at a certain point in time to do that non-organically. In many ways, the offer from Shift4 came at a good time from, from our perspective, and it, was a, uh, it is a good offer, and therefore the board uh, of Finaro and the management agreed to, to this merger 
that makes a lot of sense from, from our perspective. The Kumban organization, by the way, will be able to grow uh, significantly and faster than each of these, uh, of each of us uh, organizations uh, separately. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about global trade. We're coming yeah. out of a pandemic. There's a war in yeah. the Ukraine. What's the outlook for commerce and in particular cross-border e-commerce as far as you're concerned? So let me start with the latter of uh, your question, uh, Robin. E-commerce eventually will eat commerce and cross-border in particular. I think that uh, the new businesses that are being now launched, they are e-commerce cross-border from the get-go, but almost by nature. If you are a German shoemaker or if you are a Spanish um, online uh, gaming distribution uh, platform, you don't see yourself as a German or Spanish uh, merchant. You see yourself as part of the global e-commerce. You want to serve customers globally. You don't want to be limited to your uh, native jurisdiction. And therefore, the the e-commerce cross-border piece of commerce is the fastest growing economy in the world. It grows just shy away from 30% KBAR over the past few years. And this will continue to really expand very, very rapidly. I think that the pandemic gave a boost to to cross-border e-commerce. Unfortunately, I'm hoping that uh, the war in Ukraine and the war in Europe will not set it uh, back, but I'm very, very optimistic that eventually we will not talk about commerce, e-commerce, and cross-border separately. We will say e-commerce, and it, it will kind of encapsulate all of that. So you think that the, the growth we saw during the pandemic within e-commerce itself is going to be sustained? Absolutely. I think it will sustain mostly because people are not willing to go back unless they are, they are forced. means if I'm used to buy things, my pharmacy, apparels, foods online, once I did that, and I'm used to do that, and this becomes part of my routine, I'm not going back. And I'm not going back on many, many perspectives. I'm not going back by, by now starting to use cash. I'm not going back by bothering myself to the physical stores. I'm not going back by planning ahead long period of time, because I'm now used to all these services that are are so easy to be uh, consumed. And therefore, in many ways, the pandemic accelerated processes that we have seen for many, many years now, but they have shortened the time to real uh, uh, exploration significantly. And uh, the cross-border part of, of this phenomena is because many of these businesses they want to ease the usage also to cardholders in other jurisdictions, not necessarily the one that, uh, that are in their immediate proximity. And I think this is not going away, period. Again, unless you are Russian and under sanctions now. You talked about commerce being eaten by e-commerce. Yes. But there is this idea that retailing is going to grow to be omni-channel, not single-channel. What does that mean in that case, then, if e-commerce has eaten commerce? Omni-channel, Robin, was terminology that came out a few years ago in order to describe a situation that a physical business goes online 
and they want to offer kind of a seamless experience. I think this is going away slowly but surely. It means there's no only channel anymore. There is channel. And I can start the purchase online, go to the store, see the product or try the, uh, the coat or the, the shirt, then pay in the physical store or continue the purchase online. And to, to, to do that without the need to re-enter my credit card credentials, without bothering putting all my additional details into the system. The system is going to be one. So absolutely, it takes time for a physical business to become completely omnichannel in one commerce, as I've, I've mentioned. But I think the direction is very clear. Now, in terms of the physical point of sale, which is a big, big uh, question, of course, the physical point of sale probably will turn to be e-commerce by its nature. So the fact that you are using a plastic or your, your phone and you are physically there will not change the nature of the transaction. The transaction will be e-commerce. And I think that this is where the market is headed eventually. Thank you very much, Igar Rotem, Chief Executive Officer of Finaro.